0: Hi there, and welcome to episode 16 of the T21 Mom Podcast. I'm Mary, and I'll be your host. Each episode, we will talk about life, Down syndrome, mamahood, single parenting, and pretty much everything in between. I have a daughter named Ainsley, and she's six years old, and rocking an extra chromosome, also known as Down syndrome. And I am living life my way. Today, my friend Ron joins me.
1: Hey, Mary. Hey, Ron. So... We're talking with somebody special today.
0: Yes, we are. We are talking to our fabulous support worker, Jen. I don't really know what else to call her. She's not technically our support worker anymore, but she's still in our life, and I've talked about her on numerous past episodes.
1: And she's been around for a long time, helping you and Ainsley.
0: Oh, pretty much since day one.
1: Yeah, she's she, she's kind of like your longest, oldest,
0: <laughs> yes, friend on this journey, and. I'm so glad that she was able to come on. I I think she was maybe a little nervous, but... uh, I hope we didn't make her too nervous. I I don't think so. But I really wanted people to, you know, hear from her and and hear what she's about. And because I talk about her so much, like on so many different episodes, because I think it's really important to have a Jen in your life.
1: Okay. Let's go talk to Jen.
0: Let's. Welcome to the T21 Mom podcast and today we have a special guest joining us in studio today and I've talked about her on several past episodes and I'm so happy that she is able to join us today. Welcome Jen.
2: Thanks so much for having me.
0: You're welcome. I'm so glad that you're able to come. So as I've previously talked about, Jen is kind of like our early intervention. I always say support worker but we're not even in early intervention anymore. We're well beyond that but why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you and how you got into this work and anything else you
2: want to share? Sure. We st- I started way back, but I um I went to university to be a teacher and I might have then had some kids and so <laughs> I took about 10 years off and we had um I have 3 kids, but my oldest has Okay. So my oldest he was he had some pretty major medical things going on and so I ended up staying home with him for about 10 years and mm-hmm. then having a couple more kids. And so with that, we at one point I kind of was thinking about going back to work and I had had a really great person that was still part of our life that who we met through early intervention. And so I ended up coming back into early intervention when I came back to work after being home for a very long time. And with that, I knew, um, I know you've interviewed Brenda, and so she also worked with my kids for a lot of their lives. So I just felt that coming back into early intervention, it brought me, um, I felt that I had uh, quite a bit of experience to hopefully give to other families and to help Mm -hmm. out. So that's how I kind of started and kind of came around into early intervention. So you knew Brenda before you you started working
0: in, in Early Intervention?
2: I knew her for a good 12 plus years before Early Intervention. I think it's been about there. Yeah, so I think I've known Brenda, I'd say almost 23 years. And Brenda is our,
0: our physio, which is on a previous episode. So yeah, oh, okay. So that's, I didn't, I thought you guys had met through, or, well, obviously you did meet through Early Intervention, but I thought it was while you were working.
2: So. No, it was well before I started working, but, Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. was awesome.
0: So, you know, I first met you, I think Ainsley was, I don't know how old she was maybe around three months and I still remember one of the first things you told me was to work on bringing the hands to midline and you know and I know lots of other parents they they say that too and can you talk to us a little bit about what early intervention is and the benefits of it?
2: So early intervention we look at we look at basically all areas of development for little kiddos and it could be for people are people come into early intervention for so many different reasons Mm -hmm. so for Ainsley I actually remember you actually had called in too early into into the infant development program while you were still pregnant and um I
0: don't even remember that so
2: you called in and I actually spoke to you at that point and you had um you had gotten the diagnosis and you were trying to figure out what we could you know what was happening you said she wasn't born yet I think it was about a month maybe before she before she came around and so you were then going to contact us again once she was born but I think we I believe we probably sent you some information and Mm -hmm. got everything set up so that then when you did have little Ainsley then you were going to call us back so that's so for families some some families they will call and refer themselves i know this was another part but some will um come from the doctors hospitals mm-hmm. health nurses and basically the early intervention support person will then we look at all areas of development and so that we can then refer out but right now it, the main focus is on on just milestones the next milestone of development depending every child is so different so some might reach milestones quite fast some might be quite slow so we might need to kind of make different goals or plans so that you know if a plan's been made and a goal by family but we know it that's going to be a really difficult one to make we can make smaller goals and kind of make it so we can see development and see the progress we work basically it zero to three mm-hmm. but sometimes we keep people on a little bit longer or we we refer out to other agencies luckily for me Ainsley's still part of our organization still goes mm-hmm. to one of our child care centers so mm-hmm. I still get the privilege of hanging out with Ainsley and and seeing her in different ways so um yeah so I've kind of stuck around well we appreciate so. you sticking around and you know I remember you saying well I kind of
0: I kind of really like Ainsley. Like, Thank <laughs> goodness. Right? I'm so glad, you know, because it's really important, you know, like when you first meet a family, I'm like, what's your thoughts or feelings? Cause I think that contact is really important when you first go in and meet a family, because sometimes it can be really overwhelming. Like I had a prenatal diagnosis. I forgot that I had even called you guys. It kind of rings a bell now, but I forgot that I had even called you guys to set that up because I didn't even know to do that or how I knew. But you know what is that like when you first meet a family?
2: So we often well we'll have had a quick conversation on the phone and then we'll come out to the house or if where the family wants to meet so where it's best for the family and then we'll come out and we'll talk about a lot okay we talk a very we talk a lot on the very first visit often Mm -hmm. and we go over what the program is you know is it something you want is it how can we help you and what are you you know what do you want what are your dreams and then we you know but mainly that very first visit unfortunately it is a lot of talking it's a lot of you know there's some Mm -hmm. there's some signing of some papers and some things like that and really trying to get to know the family and get to know what their dreams are for their child and Mm -hmm. and how we might be able to help that i mean the family knows their child better than anybody else so in no way do we come in and you know i don't want to put on like if i feel a goal should be this, like I would never put that onto a family. so we need to know what the family's looking for, what their dreams are for their child, and how um how we can then help get them and help get them there and help maybe coach a family or help them learn to advocate a little bit more mm-hmm. or things like that for their child.
0: yeah well, and and I certainly appreciate all the things that you've done for me and Ainsley. So also, does IDP the Infant Development Program do they do you also help families in finding like other resources or other connections?
2: So yes we do. We try our best to. We we often will refer out to another, you know, to other agencies, other supports, other early intervention services that will specialize for for example the physio or mm-hmm. if an OT or a speech is needed. So we do those referrals out. We still can do joint visits with we will refer out. We we do we try to connect families when families want to meet, we want them to meet other families Mm-hmm. so we want to connect families so they've got opportunities to to experience other you know to speak to other families and to know that mm-hmm. they're not alone it's you know it's one thing to hear it just from us but then to talk to other families and you know it doesn't have to be the same diagnosis but any other family just to just to connect that we're walking the same journey
0: in in many
2: ways yeah because a mm-hmm. lot of my friends
0: they, their kids don't have down syndrome they have other diagnoses so mm-hmm. it's, yeah it's wonderful and you know the first year I remember I mean in some ways it was the best year of my life but it's also really overwhelming and hard and how often do you typically see new parents I guess in that first year or is it based more on the diagnosis or the type of
2: support the family needs so I think it. it it's really based on the type of support the family needs and wants, but we um, we can come out even weekly, but typically we kind of come out and we see a family monthly. Mm-hmm. But for some families, we might see them more often for a while. We are um, we do need to see the kiddos monthly some things come up and 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 that might not always happen but to the best of our ability we see them monthly Mm -hmm. but we can go more often and so then we yeah we can we can pretty much go as the family needs yeah that's what
0: I that's what I thought yeah I can't remember how frequent it was I mean it was a few years ago now so I can't remember but and what are some of the things that you would typically do for a family when they are involved in early intervention? Like I know you mentioned, like you know, connecting with other families and so on, and and other resources. Are there other things that, you know, early di- early intervention? So we can
2: look at all. We we kind of look at all milestones as well. So we will look at like what what's next or how can we help you reach that next milestone. We refer out to other agencies for when more services are needed. We also help fam like oftentimes families if they need supports from other parts of the community that may not really be early intervention supports but are going to help support that family mm-hmm. we will then we can then refer out so sometimes it's for different kind of funding models sometimes it's for different housing different needs any really need that going to help the family and and really it, it's you know we it's for the whole family and so whatever is going to help make that family's life a little bit easier we're trying to do our we do as much as we can to help with that mm-hmm. and what's really revolving around the child's development and what's the priority of the family. Of course,
0: yes. And I need to tell you, I'm sure you already know that I'm so grateful that we got you as our worker. And I call you the support worker. I don't really know what to call you, friend, but because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I don't think Ainsley's really on your caseload anymore. But, you know, I do appreciate all the things you did beyond the early intervention, like getting us into the daycare. Like that made a huge difference for both me and for Ainsley. And I know other families who have had you as their their worker has also really appreciate the things that you do, because honestly, I think you go above and beyond in a lot of the things that you do for the families. And like, I hope you realize your impact,
2: right? Well, thank you. I don't, I don't know. I'm a little bit shy for that. I just, I, I, I don't really think of it in that way. I kind of, I, I really look at, you know, at, at each person separate in each family and, and what's going to, what, they what they need or want or what can help them. So I kind of I really look that way, but I think also I think my experience with my own family has made um I just you know if it's going to help somebody and it's going to make life a little bit easier or we know where to refer, who to talk to. I don't know, it's just sort of how we go with it. And mm-hmm. so I just, you know, I want to make sure everyone gets what they what they deserve, what they need and so every child's potential is reached to their max. Yeah, and we and you know,
0: I know the families appreciate that cuz I see them at the different things that you know the early intervention program puts on so can you talk about some of the different things that you put on for the families and
2: sure so we we have we we run some different programs so we do have a lot of one-to-one direct service with families Mm -hmm. but then we also have some groups so we also we we run some of our own groups and we also go to different groups so the early intervention will go out to for example strong starts or young moms groups and we'll we'll talk about the program and, and um and talk to families there. But then we also run some of our other our own groups. So we have some play groups, we have some sensory groups for kids, we have some music groups at times. We run I don't know play group is a really big one and Mm -hmm. so that one run runs weekly other ones change around we have a pool group not a not a not a physio kind of group but a basically a singing time in the pool where the families have their child baby beluga beluga. yes we went to that yeah that was fun yeah we have some pictures of little Ainsley so young there (laughs) so we run a you know a lot of different groups that way we also we have our family nights every few months Mm -hmm. and so we try and bring in a guest speaker but I found that the guest speaker is fantastic but what what I think really has made a difference is families connect in a way so even families have been closed for closed for a while they still come back and then Mm -hmm. that way they can connect with their other with the other families they know quite well and become really good friends with but then they also connect with new families so that's made a really I found that that group has been very impactful and that one actually came from a group of families you might have been on that committee actually yes I was it was a couple years ago a few years ago we were looking at the program and how to how to change it and revamp it and and this this one actually came from a group of parents you being one that that thought that This could help new parents coming in, but when I watch this one go on, it's also really, I found very impactful to watch all the all all you guys graduated families that that come back and you help all the new families but you also the connection you have with that group is pretty amazing so you've spoken at that one actually as well so it's been really lovely and so we have that group which I found to be very impactful and then our play group is one that is just always running and it's a it's a really safe place some families find other groups to be a bit overwhelming but also Mm -hmm. sometimes some families have come back and said they feel very unwelcome so our play Mm -hmm. group is kept very it's for everybody it's for all families part of infant development and it's a secure safe place that families feel they can come and their kids can't do wrong or can't be in trouble for behaviors so so that's another big one we have I might have kind of gone off tangent but we also run a couple parties so we do like our chris we have a christmas mm-hmm. party and mm-hmm. and so that one is a really big one we have through the organization where all families are invited to the all different events that go on mm-hmm. for for everybody young to old so we have that then we also have our summer barbecue which mm-hmm. just happened recently and that one is that one's also another big one even with the rain we still had people yeah. out this year and so maybe if you, yeah, if, few less but we still had lots of families and people will come and and those ones are great because it's everybody comes to those where when you've got some of the other ones you just can't make it but the Christmas and the summer party are the ones where all families kind of come and it's just so neat to see everybody and to feel included because I know on a previous
0: uh, podcast I talked about in the first year I went to it was a mother goose club not through infant development program it was just one that's put on by the city I guess and it took us a while to get in and then you know I did not feel welcomed at that group and nobody would talk to me one mother actually moved away from me oh yeah it was really disheartening and but Ainsley really loves music and so I kept going but it was really it was really hard and I saw that at a lot at various mummy groups but you're right you can go to the infant development program groups and you know that you're going to be included and no one is going to look at you differently for having a child with special needs or a differently abled child or maybe one that even looks different because we're all on a similar journey and we all get it and but we can all come together and just enjoy whatever is going on and so it's great that you guys are putting that on for the parents because I know it's so appreciated by the parents.
2: I'm really glad I it is something I've heard and it's it's really sad to hear actually when you feel that that you're not welcome somewhere or mm-hmm. you or that your child isn't included and because i i know that personally so i i i think that it's just so important to have that have a have a place that parents feel totally welcome but also totally safe to ask anything or mm-hmm. or that if their child has anything up going on that day that may not be their best day that you're still totally welcome and yeah it's really sad actually when you hear when parents feel that they shouldn't go back or that they're mm-hmm. not included and i'm so. sure
0: I'm not the only parent of a special needs child that has experienced that or felt
2: that. No, we've heard that several times. And I mean, I've experienced that with, with, with my own, with my own kids at times, but we've heard that from many, many families. And that's why we keep like some of our groups are open to everybody. And, but our play group is, is, is for the early intervention families that have been registered or, or might be closed now, but still can come back. Totally welcome. But we have heard that and it's just, it's sad. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, but it's nice to know that there are these organizations out there that do put these things on for our families because we need them and we need to, because, you know, as I've talked previously, special needs can be really isolating where you don't get out to functions very often just for various reasons. You're going to a million different therapy appointments or medical appointments or what have you, but, or you can't bring your child for various reasons to things, but you can go to these groups where you know that you're welcomed. People are going to engage with your child where you might have a be able to have a moment where you can have a piece of pizza or whatever, like at the family night, there's always lots of pizza. (laughs) We got to feed you too, (laughs) which is always nice too. But you know, like I said, it's so meaningful and so I think important for families to have these kind of things because I don't know if I would get out that often if you know we didn't have them especially when Ainsley was little we did go to the different uh, music groups that you had on like Shannon I think her mm-hmm. name was yeah she was awesome she was phenomenal yeah, yeah that she would do all the music and stuff I think she was really pregnant too and she came back even early I think didn't she to do Run some of the get. yeah that was awesome we we loved it so what does it mean to you to be essentially a family's first point of contact as they're entering into this world of special needs
2: well it's it's I I feel really honored to be to be you're allowed into someone's home and that's Mm -hmm. their life and this is very private and so not that's quite a it's quite an honor because it's it's a lot it's a lot for a family and Mm -hmm. so when families you know some have a diagnosis some don't have a diagnosis it could be just any various reasons why why a family might be part of the early any early intervention program but you're going into someone's home or they're meeting you somewhere but you're you're going into their life and it's you you know it's it's everyone's got their own private life going on and so to have some stranger come in Mm -hmm. and it's it's a lot it's a lot Mm -hmm. for a family and families I don't even know what to say on this one but it it, it's a lot for a family you know open their door to open up yeah there's the words right you know like literally and figuratively right Mm -hmm.
0: because like you said some of it can be kind of personal and private because they may have a child with special needs that's not obvious to others and that I think can also be a huge challenge like it's pretty obvious that Ainsley has Down syndrome so you know, unfortunately in a lot of cases she gets a pass, which I don't really like. Oh, but she knows how to use it. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> and she uses it to her advantage all the time. But for other kids, you know, maybe who have autism or another, uh, different needs or what have you that aren't as obvious. It's, I think it's really hard for parents, you know, cause sometimes they might be acting in a certain way that's not deemed acceptable to others and and yes and they're letting you come into their home and they're telling you these whatever it may be and I yeah I can see for some families that could be really a difficult time
2: it's a lot and I think to even you know if, if you know there's something your child is you know you're concerned about some area of their development but you don't really know what and you're you know you're underlying really hoping that there's actually nothing you know mm-hmm. nothing there but a lot of families they they know there's something going on they just they don't know what it is and and you also are hoping it's not there and so it's it's really tough you're you're walking a fine line because you want to help in development but you also don't want to pry too much but mm-hmm. you also want to make sure that that child is getting the right services or being referred to the right places or or that you're just doing enough for them and it's i find it i think it's it's a really hard spot for families i I really believe in what I do. I, I felt mm-hmm. that we had a really amazing early interventionist twenty three years ago. Mm-hmm. So I think it really it really opened my eyes. And so and then with the experiences you know I've gone through with with what two-thirds of my kids that I am um, <laughs> I am um, it's it's I really then want to, I want to give back and I want to help mm-hmm. and so anything I can do for other people and and to help make their lives a little bit easier or help them get the services that they really deserve but don't know they're out there yet mm-hmm. then we want to just you know we just want to give everything we can well because I know for me
0: personally like whenever I've had a question or I wasn't sure what to do or who to go see you know I always turn to you because you would either know it. Cause I just thought you knew everything. <laughs> I don't, but <laughs> thank you. But, but it, you always had the resources to find out if you didn't necessarily know. And, and, you know, and that's big for a family, you know, t- yeah. because you know, sometimes you're in this alone, you know, and for me, I'm a single parent. So for a long time, I it really was just me and Ainsley. I mean, Dennis is still yeah. in the picture now, but you know, I'm responsible for all her therapies and her needs. So it's, it can be very stressful, but it's so great to know that you have someone that you can turn to who may not necessarily know the actual answer, but can find it. And that's what I've yeah. always found with you. And I, I appreciate that.
2: Well, thank you. Yeah, I know we do. If we don't have the answer, we, we kind of we will look for it and we will we will try and get back to it quickly and as best we can. But no. Yeah. you Yeah. And you
0: always did. Like, for example, as I mentioned um, in the episode with Brenda, you know you got us hooked up to Brenda and I was going to cancel that day because it was terribly snowing out and I I think I called you or texted you and said I'll come and get you and I go it's Saturday afternoon don't you have something else to do you know and but you got us in there and you took us and I'm so thankful because I don't know if we would have been able to get in again to see Brenda because she's so hard to get into but you know and I just appreciate you going beyond right for things like that and you know and even the countless times you took to the swim physio because I couldn't get there in time you know and things like that and and I know that people the other people who are on your caseload like we appreciate you going above and beyond I know that's not necessarily every intervention worker but you know I think we're all so grateful that we got you as our
2: as our worker oh thank you I'm so humbled by that but it's- <laughs> I, you know, I, I knew that, that particular, that particular Saturday, I knew that I believe Brenda was going to be going away and I think it was, there was something else going on and, and I was just like, oh, this, I knew that it was going to be a long time probably before she could get in. I think you guys got in on a cancellation time and that, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, no, we got to get Ainsley there. I remembered how important it was for her to, for the, you know, to be walking and, Mm -hmm. and I just that particular day i'm like no we got to get you there so um so we wanted to make sure that would happen and i think the thing is is that not just for that but in general the wait lists are long and for every waitlist for all services yeah. are long and getting everyone on early is one thing but then you're still waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and so I know that your head was like, school is starting, school is coming mm-hmm. and your dream was for her to walk. We knew yeah. she was going to walk, but we needed, we need, just needed to, she needed a push. She's, mm-hmm. uh, she's Ainsley and she's got, uh, she's got some stubborn in her and, and it's <laughs> awesome. We love it. <laughs> but it, you know, we need, she needed that push. And at that mm-hmm. point, I think the only, I'm sure there's others out there, but from my experience with Brenda, she is the one that could do that mm-hmm. at that point. And I just didn't want to lose out on that. I didn't want her to lose out on that. So that day.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm So. so glad too, that you were able to do that for us because yeah, like as I've previously mentioned, I was pretty desperate and you know, waiting, the waiting for her to walk was a true mental and emotional killer. It was hard because most kids with Down syndrome are already walking by four. I mean, yeah, she was walking, holding my hand, but she rarely ever took a few steps on her own, but we got her to Brenda and thanks to you. And within a couple of weeks, really, she was walking on her own. And as I previously said in the other episode, is that within two sessions, I could see a difference. And that's, you know, a testament to, you know, Brenda, but also thankfully to you that we got in to see her. So I I think
2: it's I'm I'm so glad you did. But I think it was also we were on a bit of a time crunch with uh, Mm -hmm. with kindergarten coming. Oh yeah, and and I was I we just some experience not you know just private experience I was like we need we need her we need her to be a bit more mobile so that school is so that she's not in a sitting all the time we need Mm -hmm. we need her mobile so that she can go in there walking and so I just felt that and that was the time I think that earlier it may not have been the time for her Mm -hmm. but watching Ainsley over that time over the few months before it was the time that she was ready like she she was ready and she just needed that that uh physio push but um but she was ready to get it going. And so I just felt that that just needed to be done. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. And I thank, thank God because I really, as I've said many, many times, I was pretty desperate and it was, and it was depressing too, to not be at that stage yet and still just waiting. Like I knew in my mind it was going to happen, but you're thinking when, when is it going to happen? And it was, it was hard waiting for that. And but, you know, I'm so glad that you you got us lined up with Brenda and, you know, and I know like early intervention is really only till age three, You're three for a little while. But yes, <laughs> yeah, double that, age of six. <laughs> you know, because you've even come to the IEPs with me, which I don't think is normally in your, I guess, mandate, but I do really appreciate that as well, because and, and I'm going to. I'm planning to talk about IEPs in an, in a further episode because we all know what happened at the first IEP and you know and our physio Brenda was at that one too and and I really don't want that to happen to other parents because it was really a, it was terrible and I know IEPs just in general are very stressful just even walking through the door but you know and I appreciate that you came and that you offered that support to me so that I wasn't there by myself because it, it's hard and I think they would have steamrolled me. To be honest that first year but you know and then you came to the this last IEP where we wrapped up for
2: grade one and you know I have to say I think it went quite well and this one did yeah yeah this one did but I think they needed to realize who they were dealing with (laughs) and what kind of warrior mama Ainsley has and I think that that was really important because they yeah I think that this one made such a difference but I think a lot of families they may not have that you have a push you know mm-hmm. you you are pushing you 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 are amazing at advocating for Ainsley and you you know what she needs and when she needs it and I think that I think that there's a lot of people out there that need you know a little bit of Mary behind them and so um uh, yeah she uh Ainsley Ainsley's a bit of a she's she's a monkey she is so but yeah. you know and that's kind of one of the reasons that
0: I you know as Ron and I have discussed is about doing this podcast is to let people know that they're not alone and that they can advocate because you also kind of showed me how to advocate too you know I was always watching you and seeing how you do things and how you engage with other families and stuff like that and I think that's an important skill and it's a valuable skill to have. But you're right I think after the first year of the IEPs I think they realized that you know don't mess with the mama bear and you know and I think grade one I think went really well and you know and again I appreciate the support that you know that you gave me to come you know on your time to come and support me which because you know IEPs they can they can go sideways as we saw the first time pretty quick you know if someone you know if they've got a, a new child or they've just recently received a diagnosis like what's the best way for them to find someone to support them or how do they get involved with early intervention
2: like what what would you suggest so most, all communities in, well, in British Columbia, but, you know, even around all communities have an early intervention service of some kind. So for for the infant development program, for example, any anybody can refer. So you can be the family member, you can be a therapist, you can be a, the hospital, a public health nurse, anybody can refer their child or the child they're working with. And so it is a, it's a free service. And so anybody can refer. There are some wait lists, but then there's also other early intervention programs program so there's also different child development centers and that's where you get more of the therapies from some child development centers have an infant development program in them some communities don't so really any just finding an early inter, early intervention service mm-hmm. um, in your community is the way to start you can ask your doctor or family doctor pediatrician or just just google and find the one that's in your community and okay. then And you go from there. Sometimes there are some slight wait lists. So we, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the earlier the better. And I think, and that's why, you know, the biggest brain development happens young. So, I mean, early intervention Mm -hmm. is such a, I think it's such an important and crucial time. So you can find it. Yeah, for so
0: many things, like not just you know speech and physio but so many things like the brain is growing so yeah. quickly during those first three years so
2: and then it helps for all the rest years you know so we do mm-hmm. even you know a lot there's a lot of kiddos that don't need services after they might need just a little a little help at one point and mm-hmm. then hope you know many don't need the service later but it's just that push to get it going and so and some kids just need that little bit of a push so
0: yeah like Ainsley
2: she needs a little more of a push sometimes just because she's she knows what she wants and she's very good at that and so yeah Ainsley's Ainsley's always been a fun she's fun
0: oh thank you that's yeah the stubbornness though and I remember someone telling me that people with Down syndrome are very stubborn and I thought oh great she's getting a double dose
2: you I remember you saying that <laughs> she was very young and you did not say that you're like oh no we're in trouble yeah so um but I think for you I will say like you, you you're such an amazing advocate for Ainsley and so but watching you you worked full-time you had her in daycare we had to fight for support for daycare mm-hmm. we it, you had always a fight for things and so and I know that like you would come home from work and and then try and work on the physio going up and down your halls with her and it's just exhausting so to be mm-hmm. able to help or to have any early intervention being able to help you at that point is you know that's why that's why we do it you know we want to help and we want to you know help you but also get Ainsley to the next step
0: and thank you i'm thank you for those lovely compliments but also you know thank you for doing what you do because honestly it's it's been sometimes it's a tough road as i know you know yeah. uh, from your personal experience but and it's always nice to know that you have good people on your team and who've got your back and who will speak for you and advocate for you which you know i think has i've been very lucky in my case that that's happened for me having you on you know i i thank you i consider you as part of you know my team along with all our different therapists such as brenda and riley and henna and and all those people that are involved with ainsley's development
2: oh thank you so much you're welcome
0: i just really want to thank you so much for coming on the t21 mom podcast today and sharing your stories and your wisdom about early intervention and and honestly everyone should be so lucky to have someone like you on their team and you know you're not just a part of early intervention but you know I know we see each other weekly at swim physio and and you know I really enjoy you know having you know seeing that and just also getting to know you outside of you know early intervention and and learning all about, you know, advocating and, and how to, how to do that in this world. And I really
2: appreciate your time. Well, I thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, Jen.
1: So just how long have you and Jen been working together?
0: Well, I met her shortly after Ainsley was born. And apparently I also talked to her before Ainsley was born. So, you know, It's been a long time, but I'm so grateful to have her on this journey with me and she has helped me in so many different ways. And as I said, everyone needs a Jen in their life to help them on this journey.
1: So when Jen, Jen was with you from like before Ainsley was born, you said, and then she was, I I know we've made mention that she was at, uh, one of the IEPs.
0: Yeah. So like when Ainsley was five.
1: Right. So, so she's she's been around a long time.
0: Yeah, and Ainsley is six and a half now. So. And she
1: called you from California.
0: When I was looking for that so-called Walker, or I called her, and she was in Southern California. and, quite, she's, and she came through, and she does every time.
1: Quite an amazing person.
0: Yes, she is, and and I know that probably makes her blush and and be uncomfortable and, and be uncomfortable, but you know and I know that she's a few other people who I'm friends with she has been their worker too and I know how much they appreciate her and for everything that she's done for them as well
1: great I certainly enjoyed meeting her because she is a great you know person and you could sort of get that impression from her where she's always like trying to help
0: yeah and she's a great advocate and she knows lots of people because she's been in this industry if you want to call it that for a long time and she knows who to talk to and she gets things done
1: Great resource, great human being. Exactly. Okay, so why don't you take us out of this one?
0: Thanks for listening to the T21 Mom podcast, and I would love to hear from you. What things are important to you as you navigate this journey of Down syndrome and special needs? How are you doing things? Your way. Drop us a line at our email at info at t21mom.com, and T21 Mom is all one word, or find us on Facebook or even on our website And you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at Trisomy21mama, which is M-O-M-M-A. And leave us a message there. Lots of avenues to leave us a message. Tell us what stories you want to hear or if there's anything you would like us to share on our show. Keep on loving on your rocking kiddos and we will see you next time. See you, Mary. Bye, Ron.